Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. All righty. We're done doing exercising, but we dragged Peter Woods out of the woods. <laughs> that sounds so stupid. Peter Woods, we dragged Peter Wood out of the woods. I'm finally back, ain't I? <laughs> you are, and I'm finally back. And you I'm back. You look tan, Brad. <laughs> well, not really. I've, you know, I, was, uh, I spent uh, a lot of time indoors as we were down there this year. Yep. Um, hey, you've got a guest with you yep. that we all know. Yes. I've known for years. Yep. Kenny met out at Park Rapids. He wears a couple of different hats. He's wearing one hat today. He wears many hats. I've known Ted for many years. He's a actual lumberjack from the Big Fork area, and I've been trying to get him to come in for, I don't know, maybe a year. You know, I often wondered when I saw Ted Lovedall sitting up there running conventions, being the uh, the head of the uh, Republican Party up in that area, I thought, I wonder what, if this guy works another job. I wonder if he does anything else other than being the, the, the yeah. head of the party. I, I sure do. Logging and farming. Uh, and uh, logging is in my... That's in my blood. I don't think it'll ever come out. My wife said, I think that you got to do something else. But I uh, I quit and I go right back. So You guys got sawdust in your veins, don't you? Isn't yeah, that we what do. they say? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. sawdust in our veins. And what is it? Uh, can we talk about that for a minute or two? What is the attraction? Because you're out there in cold, you're out there when it's blowing, you're out there when it's snowing, uh, but it's the outdoors, isn't it? Or what is it? it? it it's being out. You, you're free. You, you, there's there's no uh, there's no uh, uh, traffic. There's nobody looking down your back. You know, uh, all the time. Uh, it's just it's you're out there, and, and like I said, you're free. You can yeah. do what you want to. You know, Ted, is it a part of it? Is it the independence of it? I would say, Brad, it is. Yeah. It's yeah. The independence, Brad. You got you, nobody yeah, telling you, you you got to do this. Right, around, exactly. And I think that's probably what draws us there because we are our own boss. Okay. And um, you're you're not beholden to anybody, you yeah. know. And and you make what you. The harder you work, the more you make. Oh, oh absolutely. In fact, uh, Pete, I think you and I have talked about this in the in the past before. But one of the reasons I really liked the insurance business when I was in it was uh, I got hired uh, by Allstate down in the cities and. And I went into a program, and they told me at that time, they said, you can make whatever you're capable of making. And I said to the guy, what do you mean by that? He said, if you want to work every day till from dusk to dawn, you'll make a lot more than the guy that started the same time you did. Because you will be paid upon your effort. And I think that's very similar to logging. You can make a certain amount of money if you want to work a certain hard regular routine if you don't want to spend that much time and effort you might not make quite as much yes um growing up doing this you 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 it's like you don't know anything else and you work extremely hard but the more you work the smarter you are the better financially you will be off and we were talking about that before we came in ted and i that it's it's a love affair with what you do that's why the, the sawdust gets in your veins so to speak it's like a farmer the dirt gets in their fingers you have a great independence because you come and go see when you're young you don't think nothing of it but when you work for somebody else you punch a time clock you have to answer at a certain time you have to be there a certain time there's somebody telling you kind of things what to do a little bit when you're a lumberjack that really i've never i worked one summer for one company been between my first and second year of otec and when i left there was a good company don't get me wrong it was a good company when i left there i said i'll never come back 
I hated it the first day. I wanted to quit the first day, but I, I did stick it out. I didn't quit. Okay, I did not quit. I stuck it out, but I hated it so much I wanted to leave within two hours yeah. because it wasn't who I am. And no. when I went back in the woods, I never left it. It's it's you You love doing it because basically I can tell you a quick story real quick. Back probably in the late 80s, okay, um, I was at in my the house that I grew up in. My dad was on one end of the table, and a neighbor friend was on the other end of the table. And we were talking about something, and I knew I hit a nerve with my dad because, you know, back then I was physically way bigger and stronger and everything, lifting weights, that kind of stuff. And I knew I hit a nerve because he got this look on his face that he always did when he got mad at me. And he said, you boys? And I thought, okay, I hit oh a nerve boy. here. Oh, boy. Here, here it comes. comes. He's not physically going to come at me, but I know he's mad. And he said, you boys? You got the world by the hind end. You don't even know it. <laughs> you know how you get that look like the deer in the hill. Like, oh, what yeah. are you talking about? And, and the neighbor guy who is still a friend today, he, he looks at me and says, yeah, your dad's right. He said, you don't even know it because you're living people's dreams. And you still have the dumb look because yeah. I'm only in my 20s. Sure. Young, healthy, and everything. Nothing's in your way. He says, yeah, you, you come and go as you want. You answer to no one. Think about that. That's right. He said, you got you no live, boss but yourself. Right. Yeah. You answer to no one. Yeah. You, you, people don't even dream of that. Except, and, guys, don't you find now that in your business, uh, there's a lot of outside factors that control how much you can make, what you can do, where you can buy leases, what you can log, and all those, the, the ancillary stuff that comes at you from government restrictions and controls and it it is it's it's not the same today as what it was uh uh years ago i remember going out with my dad i <clears throat> excuse me i'd i'd go with him i was telling pete when i had the holiest uh under one of his fingers you know and he'd sure. say careful where you step teddy so you don't fall you know and he'd go out there and check the men and uh it, then and now is the difference between night and day i love that then now you go out there it's uh Everything is mechanized. Back then, it was all hand done. Oh, yeah. uh, I remember, I never told Pete, but we were out uh, uh, hunting season, and, and uh, there's a uh, hundred and some men out there in the woods, you know, and, and we were going, and Dad says, listen, that's Squaw John. That's Silent John. That's art. He said, let's go over there. You could tell by the swing of their axe or the way their saw sounded. Sure. So we go over there by where sneaked up an art, and, and Dad fired a shot in the air. And he grabs that hat and hollers, you know, it's don't, not over here, not over here. You know? <laughs> I'm not a deer. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, yeah, exactly. But those are things because the woods was so quiet. And now you go out there, and first thing in the morning, all the equipment starts up. Oh, yeah. Everything's mechanized. Back then, it was quiet. You could lean against a tree and sit and have a I'd have a cup of cocoa, my dad a cup of coffee, sure, and listen to the listen to the saws and the axe, and it was it was it was like harmony. It, it yeah. was yeah. it was like harmony. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember yeah. that from the two seasons I spent two summers I spent up with uh, Tommy Wilton up in Brookston. It was it was peaceful out there in the woods, unless of course you happen to hit an axe into a beehive or something oh. when you were clearing brush. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it got a little exciting. <laughs> you get real exciting then. Yes, yeah, but. Uh, 
uh, it was, uh, it was uh, like I said, you know, you could step out on the porch in the wintertime and, uh, when I was in school, and, and I could hear, uh, because the, the cat would be out there uh, building roads and that, and you can hear sure. the crane loading trucks. Other than that, it was quiet in the woods, and now you step out on the porch, and in the wintertime, you can hear for miles. And I know exactly where our crews are working, because yep. I, I know exactly. And you get so you in tune with, with the whole works, you know. Uh, sure. One guy will operate different than another one. Don't you find, too, uh, um, I'm going to ask you to hold your thought on this because I have to do a spot here. But uh, but I want to I want to ask you about don't, today. Don't you find that uh, being a logger is probably 50 percent business and 50 percent actual physical labor as opposed to the way it used to be before? Because you you have so much more paperwork, so much more detail stuff. And even the fact I mean, you and I have talked about this before, Pete. Uh, you know, I remember you saying at a convention that I went to uh, a few years back that you brought in uh, you brought in a big tank for fuel oil for for uh, for running your vehicles because you knew that eventually that would be saving money to your bottom line because you could stock the the fuel when it was low cost right. yep. and use it when it when the price went up. Yep, yep. We can hit on that when we come back here right. about the, how the business is. Let's do it. that. In the meantime, I want to tell you, tell you guys as well as our listeners, our show has become big time now. Do you know who one of our sponsors are now today, guys? My Pillow. <laughs> I mean, that's that's like Sean Hannity type stuff, my pillow. And in fact, I even have my own promo code. When you call, here's what I want you to do. If you would love to try a pillow that might affect your sleep patterns for the rest of your life, uh, go to the MyPillow.com site and click on the two-pack special. You'll get two premium MyPillows for just one low price, plus for the first time in the history of my pillow free shipping and there are no two greater words in the english language than when you're shopping online than free shipping so here's what you get i've been telling you that my sleep has improved drastically and dramatically and it has and now you can experience the kind of rester of sleep that i've been getting from my pillow here's how you can do it you can get the best night's sleep you've ever had simply by going to mypillow.com click on the two-pack special and enter the promo code 710 just like this radio station you'll get two my pillow premium pillows for one low price plus free shipping and here's some other things you get with your my pillow you get a 60-day money-back guarantee try it don't like it return it you get your money back my pillow also comes with a 10-year warranty kenny you got a 10-year warranty on your pillow i don't even have a 10-year warranty on my car i should have bought it to ben i guess uh, my pillow is also machine washable and dryable and it's made right here in the united states not only in the united states Maybe even here in Minnesota. So, again, go to the MyPillow.com website. Click on the two-pack special. Enter the promo code 710, just like this radio station. Or you can do it old school. You can dial up our special phone number, one 800 952-9356 that's 800-952-9356 but make sure you enter promo code 710 and start getting the best sleep you've had of your life we'll be right back after this quick break 
710 WDSM is now broadcasting on 98.1. How come? How come we let Pete off this time, or, or are we going to do it later? Well, what's we, that? What's that? Well, you know that uh, that crazy thing oh, we no, do. We save the best for last. Oh, we save the yeah, best. This okay. is Woody Herman's Woodchopper's Ball. <laughs> this is nice music. I like this. Almost makes you want to dance if you could dance. It does. <laughs> if I could dance. <laughs> Love all the dolls. There you go. So, okay. So I left you guys with a question, with an assignment. Yep. So uh, tell me the difference between logging today and, the lo- and logging, I don't know, 30, 40, whenever you started, Ted. Well, uh, why don't we start with Ted? Because yeah. his dad owned one of the last lumber camps that we re- visualized in the old pictures and that. Yeah. That's why. Were you uh, actually at a crew of guys? Uh, yes. And, and uh, it'd be great to have Ted and- talk a little bit about that for a bit. And then when it comes, then I'll tell you about how it is right today. Alrighty. Okay, we used to take and uh, we had the Camp 29, probably the largest camp in Minnesota. And uh, the bunkhouse would hold uh, 100 men with regular bunks, and but we had wow. triple bunks, so we had 150 in there. The cook shack fed 100, so when the first group came out, then the second group come in. Okay. It was the cook and three cookies and then the bull cook. And then they loaded up on a bus. Dad had a couple school buses, and the foremans would take uh, the men out to the woods, and then they took them out... Uh, uh, lunch there at noon, so they had hot lunch because the man works better with a hot meal than he does with a oh, cold sandwich. Yeah, yeah. And everything was, uh, like I was saying, was all hand done. You, the uh, they'd have the one man saw that's a four foot, or they'd have the sweet saws, and then you had a couple of uh, fellows out there with with uh, uh, two man saw. Okay. And, and uh, they so do this was really before oh, even yeah. mechanized chainsaws oh, ab- and stuff. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. In fact, when they started the chainsaws, my dad was the one that they brought saws out to him to experiment with. There was Mall and Wright and uh, Home Light. They were some of the first ones, you know, and they were okay. a lot of them were two-man saws. And then all of these skidding was done with horses. And Dad had uh, 50 drays, and there was different uh, teamsters, and they'd bring wow. them in. And then they used a jammer, and they put, put the slings around the wood. And uh, there was uh, horses. They were on the cross hall. called and they would and hoist it up? They would go forward and hoist it up and swing over onto the truck, and then they'd back up, and, and they would dump it. So <clears throat> I, I got to see all of that. And then in 1960, uh, we went to the first rubber tire skidder. I was the first okay. dealer in the United States. And it was in November, a um, couple days before, day before Thanksgiving, actually. A fellow by the name of Bill Bottoms from Timberland Ellicott come out, and uh, he'd stopped to see Dad, and Dad told me, he said, you go see Teddy. He's the one that does the buying on equipment. Okay. So he come to see me, and, and we talked a while, and I said, <clears throat> Bill, I, you got to come back this evening. I got I got uh, jobs to do. Yeah. And so he come back that evening. My mother invited him to come and spend Thanksgiving Day with us, <clears throat> and the outcome of that was that we bought the first rubber-tired skitter in the United States. Wow. And we got the try it for uh, six weeks or whatever it was and if we liked it we'd keep it so okay. when he come back to see us 
We said, we like it. We'll buy it on one condition, that I get the dealership. I ended ah. up with the first, I was the first rubber-tired skidder dealership in the United States. I had Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. That had to be a good move on <clears> your it, part. It was. Yeah. The company told me if I moved two machines the first year, they'd be extremely happy. Because you've you're got to teach oh, yeah. people to go from horses and cats to rubber. Sure. And, and uh, of course, the, the Timberjack w- w- walked like a duck. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's what they called it, the duck walk, because you, you couldn't get stuck with them. Sure. You get stuck, you waddle your way out. Guys, hang on uh, just one more minute, if you would. We uh, we have one of our great sponsors. In fact, I think both you guys probably know this guy. We have a uh, we have our own legal beagle here. We have our own legal attorney that advertises on this show, Chris Dahlberg. Chris Dahlberg, good morning to you. Hey, good conversation this morning. It's fun to listen to these guys. You know, it's really interesting to listen back to listen to Ted Lovedall talk about the day yeah. when they had the logging camps where the guy slept in the bunks and they had a cookie that you know probably rolled up a pack of cigarettes in his shirt (laughs) i mean those were the days i always heard with the proud ethnicity that uh, the Finns were very responsible for a very important thing they brought saunas to the uh the north Ah. and i guess these were very important because they can could help some of the lice and it was also a nice place for for them to uh, actually clean up when some of the camps and everything so yeah sure great well we're here in the office this morning and boy the weather's been a little crazy here so you know now's the time maybe you can't get out to the cabin because of all the uh all the rain in that if it's i, I think sunday's going to be nice yes but, it uh, looks like sunday but the rest of the week could be a washout but you got a couple days here you can come into the law office and the, and the other thing too for the listeners we are on the move i don't know if we you met. are i didn't yeah, so- i didn't know this did you authorize this through me <laughs> <laughs> we sent you a letter. The letter. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we're going to be in the same building, the U.S. Bank building. We're just moving two floors down. Okay. So we're going to be looking over the William S. Irving. I don't know where that's going to go. Is that going to be still there back? Uh, I think it's still there, okay. yeah. So, yeah. But we'll be looking out the back window of the U.S. Bank building. A nice view there, too. So, uh, But still same convenient location, parking in the parking ramp, parking all around on the street. And, okay. Uh, come on in. And, of course, NASCAR Nicole will always be with us and uh, the number here is 722-5809-722-5809 we're on the web at dalberglaw.com and we do a lot of estate planning we also do family law and we do a, a business law so you know maybe there's some small uh, loggers up there small businesses and they need to incorporate or do something uh, maybe do absolutely. a agreement and member a buy sell agreement we'll help them with that so give it well and, and and chris the thing you, you said at the beginning was that maybe you can't get up to your cabin today but th- that's another thing you do with a lot of families is you help keep that family that family cabin in the family you got it sir yep so and and i need to say that you are now licensed in wisconsin and minnesota so you both you uh handle businesses in both states you never miss a beat (laughs) give me the phone number one more time to call the dahlberg law firm the number here is 722-5809, 722-5809. You have a great rest of the week. All right. You too, Chris Dahlberg. Thank you very much. So uh, Chris was saying he was enjoying our conversation about the logging camps and the changes in, uh, that took place. So that was about, what, 19, you said 60? 1960, yeah. And the company okay. said if I could move two machines the first year, they'd be tickled. I moved 
ten. Wow! And uh, I became Did the largest your president of the company. Or <laughs> <laughs> who was the first customer? Yeah, who the was first the first customer? Was my dad oh, and yeah, the well, the okay. <laughs> naturally, you know. Yeah. And uh, then uh, and I had people. They said you could never sell one to. And I remember Oscar Bergstrom. They said Oscar will build it in his shop. Oscar bought a machine from me. Wow! And uh, I I thoroughly loved visiting with Oscar and, and some of the guys, and and. Michigan, there was a lot of them went there, but we went from a lumberjack. The average lumberjack would would saw or cut a cord of wood a day. A okay. high power was maybe a cord and a half. Now that's okay. one man. So if you had a hundred men, that you'd run probably a hundred and cords, hundred hundred and twenty five yeah. cord in a in a day. Okay. Now with the mechanizer we are today. Uh, and mind you, you had several teams of horses that had the guys had to load, put that on the dray. Two oh, men, yeah. two men to a team of horses. Okay. And they put it on a drain, then take it out to the landing. It was unloaded and then back out again. And now today, with the uh, mechanizing we got, uh, we'll we'll do that in that uh, 150. I mean, 125 where you got 100, 110 men or whatever. You can do that with a half a dozen men today. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, and and we got what we call hot saws. You know, I said if if my my parent, my mother was young when she died, yeah. uh, fifty-five at heart. And uh, but if my parents could see what we are doing today with this uh, logging, uh, they, they they couldn't believe they'd be it. Amazed, they? Yeah, they'd they be really amazed. Would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I look at the some of the equipment that you have, like those those feller bunchers now, where yeah. you can grab a tree, cut yeah. it, <clears throat> yeah. take all the bark or not yeah. the bark, but all the rough yeah. branches off yeah. of it, lay it, <clears throat> chop it. Yeah, I mean it's phenomenal. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we, we got three them hot saws and two of the delimmers. Pete and I were talking the way down. And uh, we take out for uh, instead of a few thousand cords, we take out thousands and thousands of cords a year. You know, it's... uh, Now, uh, when I was talking to Chris Dahlberg there, he said was there an ethnicity in the beginning in logging? Were a lot of Finnish people loggers way back in the beginning when they when well, the Finns in came? our country was primarily uh, Norwegians was and, and Swedes and, okay. a, and a few Finns. Not many Finns. It was Not mostly many. Norwegians okay. and Swedes. Okay, and you had a few Irishmen in there too. Okay. But it was uh, now. Would your guys that were in a camp like that would they work year round? Was that a year no, round? Type uh, of no, it's, it's the spring when when spring breakup come. Then they the jacks would go to town. A lot of the jacks would they would. They were paid every uh, every two weeks, but they would have you hold their checks, oh, okay. and then they give them in the spring. And then some of them would go where they had families. Others uh, went to town, and and they'd have their steak and they'd blow it. Okay, and uh, or they'd give it to the bartender. I know one fellow went in and he said, uh, "Here's my money." He said. Uh, I, this is all I can spend per day, so it would last him for two months, <laughs> and then they go <laughs> back to so many beers a day. Or whatever. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, there's one thing about a lumberjack: you could give borrow him money, and he wouldn't sleep good until he got you paid back. Oh yeah, they were very, very honest. Yeah. Uh, I know yeah. Dad always told me if one of the guys sees you in town, Teddy, and he wants to borrow a few dollars from you, give it to him. He'll pay you back. Yeah, and they oh, and yeah. they did. Yeah, they were good, honest, hardworking men. Well, and and that's. Pr- 
pretty much the same way today, isn't it, Pete? I mean, most of the loggers that you know on the woods today, they're all pretty honest, straight-working, hard-working guys. I mean, yes. you've got to be hard-working to, to very, make logs. Very hard-working. The difference between when Ted and his dad were doing the lumber camps is it, it was physically probably 98% physical. Physical, yeah. Today More it's probably, saw. Yeah, probably today it's probably 80-20. Uh, 80% business, 20% physical. You still have to work on the equipment. You still have to do physically. You still have to have some strength. Yeah. Because if you're picking up a cylinder, picking up something that's fairly heavy, you're talking hundreds of pounds, yep. you still have to physically be able to do things. But back then, the the lumberjacks would produce, uh, that size camp that Ted's talking about, would probably produce between twelve and 15,000 cords a year. Okay. Roughly, that's what they would produce, roughly, in rough numbers. The same volume today would take you between four and six guys. Jeez. To do that, because the machines have evolved so greatly, it's it's ingenuity, it's engineering. It's like we were talking earlier, Ted and I earlier, that a lot of inventions are farming and logging. Because the reason why it becomes farming and logging is because our money is so tight. You have to really watch it. So you're always trying to figure out how to, like I tell them, squeeze 25 cents into a 50-cent 50, 50 piece. Oh, yeah. So you're inventing things constantly, and it keeps on evolving. The very first hot saw head was made by a guy up in Canada called Quadco. That's the name of the hot saw outfit. But he wanted to design somehow to cut trees off fast. When you say hot saw, explain that to a, our listeners. A, a hot saw is a, is, a, is, a, is a head that cuts down trees on a like an excavator-style track machine or rubber tire. And the, the blade is laying down. It's spinning constantly. Okay. So it's live. So that blade is two inches thick. The Woo. teeth are two-inch thick cut. All right, and it spins right, and it's probably a diameter, probably around a five-foot diameter. There's probably a thousand pounds spinning there, okay, at around a thousand eleven hundred RPM, and you shove that saw through the wood at the stump, yeah. and it'll cut off like a twenty-inch tree. When everything's right, it'll cut a twenty-inch tree off roughly in about a second. Jeez. It cuts it off. It grabs it at the same time with the head, picks it up, and it sets it around, and then sets it down the pile for the skidder to pull it out. Okay, you're talking a twenty-inch tree at the stump. Because it hydraulically will push it right through. That's it. And the sawdust poofs out the side, and that tree's off. Where it took a lumberjack back in the 50s with a two-man crosscut, it probably Whoa. took him for the same thing. An hour? An hour to cut the, you know, just 20 cut minutes. the tree down. And then you got to watch where you're falling it. you got to yeah. everything else. Yeah. Exactly. Well, listen, hang on to that. we got to take our news break here, and then we'll come back uh, with Ted Lovedall and Pete Wood here on uh, Let the Sawdust Fly. <laughs> You're sounding off with Brad Bennett. Call him now at 722-7500 or 800-388-2428. 710 WDSM. This is WDSM AM 710 and FM 98.1. Redwood. Larch. The fur. The mighty Scots pine. The smell of fresh-cut timber. The crash of mighty trees. With my best girl by my side. We'd sing, sing, sing. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night. Yes, and he sir. Works he's all a hot lumberjack and he works all day, sleeps all day. <laughs> no, sleeps all night. Well, I'll tell you, that's uh, that is one thing I noticed. Even the couple of summers I was out in the woods, is when you work outside all day, you do sleep at night. There's you don't have to take a pill. You don't have to do anything. You, you do the physicalness of just working all the time. 
time. It really does. And every time I still hear that song, I still start to smile and laugh a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you should. Hey, we've got our friend Matt Boo, uh, who loves to be on during your segment uh, because it's a great tie-in to Loose Stove Fireplace out at 27th Avenue West and Michigan Street. Of course, they put uh, not only wood stoves, uh, Matt Boo, but you've got uh, wood stoves, gas stoves, uh, corn pellet stoves. You got them all. What's happening? Well, yeah, thank you for uh, getting me on. Good morning, bet. Peter. It's, uh, it's a great segment. I always like to listen to that, especially when you get some old stories going on. Oh, yeah, especially t- yeah. this morning with Ted Lovedall talking about the yeah. old days when the camps, when they had 150 guys sleeping in bunkhouses and eating in the mess hall. and Those were different yeah. times. And turning your check over to the bartender. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me a little bit of Germany. You know? Oh, yeah. You want dollars or marks, and you say, oh, give me more mainly marks. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so right now, you would think that you're kind of in the lull because you're, you know, the heating season is done. We have another heating season coming up probably in September. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. I know. It's never done. <laughs> what are we, 50 degrees this morning? <laughs> you know, this is one of those days, though, isn't it, that if you had a gas insert stove or something that you could just reach over, crank up the thermostat, you could take the chill off the air without ever having to worry about your fireplace kicking on or your. I should say your uh, your main uh, forced air furnace. Yeah, and that's that's the the, the technical greatness of these things is because they they can they act as a zone heat source. Yeah, and so you know you're spending most of your time in your living areas, and you just want to take the chill off. You can, you can turn them on. Um, and they add a heat source that gives you a little bit of visual and a little warmth and light in the room and. And uh, Duluth is a is a good market for these type of fireplaces and inserts, uh, just for that very reason. Where it's eighty tomorrow and it's it's forty today. So <laughs> now um, I I wanted to ask you. I'm glad that Peter's here because I wanted to ask you what's the name of that line of axes and hatchets that you carry? Wetterling. Wetterling. Swedish. Yep. Swedish. Okay. Have you ever heard of Wetterling? Uh, a little bit. Uh, it's they're, they're uh, what are they? Swedish? I think yeah, they're made uh, in Sweden. Yeah, yeah, the, the thing about those kind of tools is we don't use them that much. No. And so it's not a brand name that we would use, yeah. but for private little uses, they're tremendous things for that. Well, and yeah. they're custom made for that, for the guy that wants to split a few logs for yes. his own fireplace and stuff right. like that. Right. Probably not the kind of thing that you guys would carry in the woods to right. Yeah, right. work with. So, uh, okay, so w- right now we- there are still some great specials going on though matt you've got some some manufacturers out there that are looking to uh, sell their units now get them installed now before the heating season who specifically right now can you think of that's offering some specials well uh regency still has got some specials going on okay they're, you know they're one of our flagship lines as well as mendota uh we're still tinkering a little bit with the sauna stuff okay uh, you know, any of the rooms and IR rooms are we're doing our we carried our home show specials off, so that's about ten percent off. Yeah, uh, and then uh, this is the time of year we're pulling out displays and putting in new stuff, and so we got a few just building our list now, but we got a few uh, closeouts and display units that we're selling. Those are always a good deal. So they're well taken care of fireplaces or stoves, and then uh, we still carry the warranty when we sell them. So. 
All right. Well, anyway, uh, Matt Boo, uh, Duluth Stove and Fireplace, located at 27th Avenue West and Michigan Street. If you uh, if you are looking to get in a wood-burning stove, uh, a gas insert, something before the heating season starts, get a hold of Matt Boo and the fine folks at Duluth Stove and Fireplace now because it's a process uh, that takes, what, maybe a couple, couple different meetings. You want to have people come in your showroom, look at all the different optional units, uh, find out which one may serve them best. And then, Matt, you usually make a house call, right? You go out and see where they want to put it in the house. Most people put it in the living room, but more and more people are putting them in their bedrooms. Yeah, and that's that's some of the stuff we talk about when we get out to the house. Where's the best spot for it? Where do you want it? Right. You know, let's go where we want it. And then, uh, you know, if it's a wood product, we always have the chimney that we have to, you know, be real concerned about. And there's certain places you have to they're the best places for chimneys, and you know, that's a trip going out there. Okay. And after that, we can get it scheduled up and, and get it installed. So, Matt, tell us uh, how we contact the loose stove and fireplace. What's the phone number, and what hours of operation are you guys out there? Uh, we're Monday through Friday, 8 to 6, Saturday, 9 to 4. Uh, phone number is 727-9002, and then DuluthStove.com. All right, Matt Boo, thank you very much. Duluth Stove and Fireplace, a great place to warm your house up this year. Okay, so Peter, in the time we've got left, uh, it's always interesting when you guys come in because there's, uh, whoops, what's he doing? What? What to, I, yeah, you got to plug him. There we go. Yeah, you're learning. Yeah, he's engineering. He's engineering I know on this very little. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we were talking about kind of the history of logging in general and how it has progressed. Uh, what do you see in the horizon for logging? Is there still going to be new equipment, new things that are going to make your job easier, or have they pretty much progressed? About as far as you can now. No, it's it's still, it, I don't believe it ever really ends. I believe it's a continuation constantly. It's the competition that drives for more excellence all the time. The problem with the machines today, they're getting so expensive and so hard, yeah. so complicated to work on. When Ted got the, the timber skitter line, they were so simple that anybody could work on them with common sense and just looking at it. Yeah. Uh, today, you got to call out a mechanic from the company. Right. Really it's, knows, it's, yeah. You have to have a computer laptop. They plug it in. They can find a problem. We had one machine last winter. It had a, probably a 50-cent fuse went on. We couldn't find what was wrong. Had to have them come out, plug in the machine. They found it. So a 50-cent fuse became a $700 fuse. Wow. Because of just that one sure. thing, and you couldn't find it. And he said you would probably, the mechanic said you'd probably eventually find it, but how many days? Yeah. You know, and that kind of stuff. But there's one thing that uh, Ted had on me when we were talking on the way down, and and um, I, I knew the terminology, but I never knew where it originated from. It's like, when, remember when I said about hay? Remember yeah. Remember how that is about a year and a yes. half ago? Right. Well, Ted's got something on me on this one, and it's called a straw boss and uh, straw. And I'd like Ted to explain yeah. how that is. It was really a cute story. Is it, so explain tra, straw boss. Okay. I've heard the terminology, yeah, too. It but. Was, uh, I was in camp when I was a kid, and I, I suppose I wanted some oats for my uh, my pony. Sure. And so Dad said, uh, go down to the barn and ask the straw boss. 
So I went down there. Now, the straw boss, how many have heard of, of straw boss? You know, a straw well, boss the word, is the one, yeah, yeah the yeah. one that, that uh, I went down there and, and told him he's the guy that's, when the horses come in and the uh, Teamsters take the uh, harnesses off and hang them up, and the straw boss uh, got them in there, he gives them their feed, their water, he curries them off, he cleans uh-huh. the barn, and when the Teamsters come in the morning, he has got that. He is the boss of that uh, of, of that, that, uh, that barn. barn or yeah, facility, yeah. yeah. And uh, he sees to it that they're clean, they're watered, uh, fed, and like I said, curried. There's nothing that a horse likes better after oh, a hard yeah. day works being curried. And then he gets the nose bags ready for the horse the next day. Okay, and for their then, oats or whatever right, else. Yep, yeah. and at, when the... When the teamsters start stop for lunch, they take the bridle off and then they hook the nose bag. It goes up over the head, and then that uh, hangs Ted there is, with the feed for Ted, the horses. That word teamster is that where that came from too? Before it was even involved in trucking, it was the guys. Oh that yeah, did the, the guys, yeah, the horses. The teamsters. Okay. Yeah, and we had several several uh, teamsters out there, um, and the teamster. He loved his horses. A good horse, a good parent team of horses oh, yeah. will they uh, they'll pull yeah. till they drop for you. You know. Oh yeah. And and I um, I remember a truck getting stuck one time, and the and the foreman come to the uh, to the farm in the summertime, and they were hauling back north, and uh, he was, wasn't supposed to go out that way, and he got stuck. And so Dad and I went back, and he told. Uh, the uh, foreman go get Spike, one of the Teamsters. Okay. Spike come with Barney and Silver, and they had the cat back there, but the cat couldn't push the truck. So Dad said, uh, Spike said, you can't get them. Horses can't pull that. And Dad said, oh, yes, they can. And don't raise your voice, Spike. <laughs> so he got Silver and Barney up and hooked them up, and he went up and he pet him a little boy, a bit, and he said, boys, we've got a tough pull, but you can do it for me. I know you can. And they whinnied a little bit, and he went back there, and he snapped the... Uh, Rains, yep. And he said, okay, boys, let's go. And you could see they stretched and stretched, and them tugs were pulled and pulled, wow. and all of a sudden that truck come up over, over the hill he went. And the driver was astonished. Uh, he, he couldn't believe it. And Dad said, a horse will pull his heart out for you. Oh, yeah. A cat yeah. won't. It'll sit there and spin. But there's <laughs> different things. You know, there's, uh, there's uh, a couple of other things in camp. A woman cook was never allowed in camp. Women weren't allowed. Really? Because they would cause too much uh, commotion yeah, with the guys. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Too many they were, yep, yep. They were not allowed. Another thing that was not allowed was a thermometer. Oh. Now, <clears throat> one of the foremen. didn't want anybody bellyache and, well, it's too cold today. We don't exactly, want to go out there. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. One of the men come in, and I was in the office with Dad and the foreman uh, one evening, and a uh, guy came in, and he said, uh, Ted, they got a thermometer in the back of the bunkhouse. <laughs> Dad said, come on, Teddy, I'll show you how we do this. <clears throat> he went over and he took that thermometer off and walked in and he said, I want your utmost attention now. I don't know which one of you brought this in. He said, this is what's going to happen. He threw it on the floor and took his heel and ground it in the floor. He said, if I find out anybody ever brings one again and I find out who it is, that's what I'll do to you. He said, they are not allowed. <laughs> and and that was it. And yeah. now, now, just because, why? Just well, because, because if they would know how cold yeah, it was. Then. Yeah, and well, if but, they but don't, if what's, they, what was wrong with that, Ted? Well, because a man, if it's too cold, I'm not going out. 
but they go out in the woods and they bundle up for the cold. They know it's cold, so they bundle up for that. And they get out there and they start working. And pretty soon the jacket comes off and then yeah. the wool shirt comes off. <laughs> yeah. And they're just there in their wool long johns uh, from the uh, belt up. You but know. if they look at but, that thermometer yeah, and they see yeah. 20 below, oh, I'm not going out there. Right. It's yeah. too doggone yeah. cold. <laughs> yeah. And and you go out there after a while, you know, and the guy says, it's warm, you know, it's it's comfortable yeah. out. And the colder it is, the harder you got to work, you know. There you are. Yeah. But it was, there was, um, uh, I was going to tell you one other. There's a couple other things that weren't allowed in camp, but it, it was it was a great place. Oh, in the cook shack, you never heard men talking. Really, just right. eating. You just eating. It was they. Everybody just passed the food around. If you wanted more, then they would just say potatoes, gravy, or whatever. Sure. And there was always, always. Prunes on the table all the time. Prune sauce. Really? All the time. To keep people regular. Regular, yeah. <laughs> and, there, and there was there was always... That's uh, maybe more than we yeah, needed to know, yeah, Kenny. Yeah, it prob- <laughs> probably was. <laughs> and there, there was always dessert on all the tables. My dad was known as the best feeder of all the camps. Really? Yeah. Now, I have a question about the feeding, and I know we're almost out of time here, but it was mainly like meat and potato type stuff, stick to the rib type things, yeah. stews, and yep. you know yeah. that yeah. kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, no uh, fancy foo foo food. No, no fancy foo food. Yeah, and bread was made at camp, and the, ah, the fresh uh, bread every the, day. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the the main uh, cook stove in, in the camp in the cook shack was eight feet long. Wow. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was, uh, well, he had the, the cook and then the three cookies. You know, you it know. might have been a little yeah. bit before your time, Ted, but I read that early uh, lumberjacks, uh, lumber men in this area, actually hired men to kill and shoot uh, oh, yeah, caribou. Wild game, yeah. yeah. To feed the, uh, the lumberjacks. Yep. There was a lot of that done earlier. Uh, we never, my, my dad never did because we also farmed. Yeah. And uh, he had a... Uh, so he raised cattle. He raised like. cattle, and we had a we had a butcher, a fellow at the store in town was a butcher, and he butchered, and, and we had... Glad, glad yeah, Kenny asked yeah. that, because that was the question that was rattling around in my brain before. I want to ask each of you, what is the strangest animal you've ever seen in the woods when you've been out logging? Have you ever seen a mountain lion, for example? Either one of you? No, I haven't. Uh, my brother-in-law has seen a cougar out in the woods one time, but okay. I, I did not. Okay. How about uh, lynx or any of that? Oh, yes. Probably yes. Seen, seen, seen lynx. Yeah, I got tales uh, to tell. I think I told Peter one on uh, on uh, one of our... Uh, during the week, the, the truck drivers were on the spot all the time. But on uh, Saturday, they'd come in with... They always... A ringer was two loads a, a day for five days. Okay. And then they got a, a bonus by making one on Saturday. Okay. Well, when they got done on Saturday, most of them would take and service their, their trucks. Sure. We had a big shop for that. We had one guy, his name was Tiny, and he went to Peggy's, and he come in Saturday night, blitzed out of his mind, they said. And uh, so uh, a fellow that was running with cat for dad was named John Twomley, and John had gotten a, a link that uh, day he'd shot, and so he formed him like he was ready to pounce on him. <laughs> And he put that in in 
in his truck. And, uh, and so when he opened up that truck, there that, that length was, and yeah, the jaws were, I mean, it was wide open. The fangs were hanging down. Oh, the boy. And he, uh, when he opened that up, he jumped back. Slammed the door, went to the bunkhouse, got into bed, and carved himself up with the blanket. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Tiny was glad he had his prunes that morning. You know, I, I, I got to jump in here. I got to ask you Have you seen or seen evidence of Sasquatch? Big, Bigfoot, Sasquatch. Anybody oh. ever seen? <laughs> I heard we he's have reports of those. Yeah, he's he's around Reamer. That's just south of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no sign or evidence? No, no, we, no baby we, Bigfoot, we, sir. We'd like to catch him. He yeah. can come and help us log. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. Uh, uh, I, heard he was, uh, I heard he was a cross between a logger and a bear. That's what happened. They got yeah. so... so uh, yeah. Just a little hairy, that's all. Yeah, that's right. Well, guys, we've got to go. Thank you again. Thank you, Ted Lovedall. Thank, Thank you, Pete Wood. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. And we enjoyed having well, you this morning, as always. Thank you very much, Brad, for having and, us. And hopefully next time. I want to get Ted in there. A lot of history yeah. about the logging camps. We can talk more about the future of what I, I wanted to veer off that a little bit because Ted here. But we can hit more on what the future lies in logging okay. more the next time. So if tune in for oh. that, it'll be a lot more there. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. We appreciate that a lot. we got to go to the Wisconsin News Network, and we'll be right back. This is WDSM AM 710 and FM 98.1. WDSM time, 9.56. Uh, Brad, that was a great segment, Let the Sawdust Fly, and that can be found, uh, the podcast can be found on our website, WDSM710.com. Give me some time to get that up. It, it almost never goes a day, Kenny, that I don't run into somebody out in the community that says, hey, I love that segment you guys do with the loggers every month. Say, real quick, i got to give an update to you and our listeners. I got a phone call from somebody that was an eyewitness on site, another porta potty burned no. to the ground this time. Oh, no. In Where Lincoln at? Park. In Lincoln Park. Yes. Mayor, you got to get them off the streets. I don't know. Somebody is out there sabotaging them. I don't know what the deal is. No, 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 no. Because I can use them and flush my toilet less, and my my uh, <laughs> comfort system bill is less now because of the porta potties in Lincoln Park. I yep. can just run down to the park and use them. Yeah, but somebody's got to stop smoking in there. The uh, the fumes are combustible. Brad, <laughs> Brad, you don't understand. There's people that like to use illicit drugs. They got a place now to hide in. Oh, so please God. put another one back. Oh. Replace the burned out porta potty in Lincoln Park. 
And he said it burned, it burned the leaves on the trees. It was must have been a big fire. Hey, you know what? We must be doing something right because I just got word that Empire Roofing has renewed their uh, advertising with us. I want to let you know, though, if you want to take advantage of the free uh, inspection, 20-point inspection, which is normally $99, you got to do it. By the end of the uh, business day today, you got to call Empire Roofing, 724-5584. That's 724-5584. Empire Roofing will do a 20-point inspection that normally costs you $99. They'll do it free of charge if you call them today. You know, we've had high winds. We've had winter. Now, yesterday, we had hail. You may have damage on your roof that you don't even know about, and Empire Roofing can detect those issues on your home's exterior long before it leads to damage inside your home. So, and if you need uh, a new roof, they are a GAF certified master elite installer and they can provide you affordable payment options financing for as little as $99 a month. And if you happen to be a veteran or a current military member, if you call before the end of May, they will guarantee you a $250 certificate from them from Empire Roofing and 250 from GAF to replace your shingles so you'll get a $500 total discount if you happen to call by the end of the month so Empire Roofing Northland Weathers puts a strain on your roof but they know how to take care of your roof and make sure it's done right we're going to be back hour number three coming up here we got a lot to cover yet this morning folks so stay tuned get a new cup of coffee we will be back on Sound Off Wednesday morning here in the Northland. K220 BFFM at 710 WDSMAM Superior Duluth